Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I'm your host, once again, Hunter Salazar. And today, I don't have a specific topic, actually. Uh, I'm just kind of checking in. So sometimes I get this, like, there's things that I want to talk about that I want to cover and that I'm interested in and studying right now. But sometimes uh, I just get this feeling of, of just needing needing to completely feel silence and just sit. Not even meditation necessarily, just sitting. Not sad, not happy, just, and not, not completely, you know, numbed out or anything like that. Just sit and pay attention without having something to pay attention to. Um, I think a lot of the time I hide, I hide this need through, you know, stimulation of various sorts. Hide it from myself. Um, because really experiencing yourself is not something that actually comes easy to human beings. We feel like we should be doing something. We feel like we have to, we have to do various things in order to meet a certain standard. Uh, we feel like if we just sit, then our mind will, we, our mind, a lot of the time our minds are in a state where they constantly wander to random things or even random emotions or random thoughts that hurt. And a lot of the time we hide from those thoughts that hurt us, if that makes sense. Um, it's, it's strange because peace and silence, they're so, they're so easy and there's, so many books composed about silence, peace, things like that, how to achieve it. Um, but I think that the most profound and easiest way is to just try to be. Now, we can describe what it is to just be, you know, even for a few moments. I mean, I've read so many, I've read Buddhist books, I've read, you know, different Eastern books, I've read other books that talk about just just being. Um, I think... One audiobook that I listened to that had a bunch of Zen Buddhist stories. No, no, it wasn't an audiobook. Actually, this was The Gateless Gate that I, that I was reading. Uh, the Gateless Gate, which is a book of Zen koans or Zen, something like sutras. Uh, and there was this monk that uh, his master told him to realize Mu. And Mu, in Japanese, or at least in terminology in Japan, is emptiness. And he told his disciples, he's like, okay, just, just only think of Mu. And he'd go back to his master every now and then, or his master would come to him, and he would either try to explain or just sit in silence in response to his master's questions. And no matter really what he said, he said, you're, you're almost there, or you're, you know, it's, you're still, it still isn't completely in you, um... And the the end was rather ambiguous. It, it didn't really end with him actually achieving emptiness. It's like, is emptiness a thing that you can really achieve? It's kind of like an ongoing struggle. Um, and the funny thing is it is a struggle because we, we're taught certain things and we, we learn certain things that are... Um, that antagonize who we really are, who we truly are meant to be, or, or the actual inner standard that we should be focusing on. Uh, seems like this world and society itself antagonizes that, um, unfortunately. And, you know, a lot of the time, I've, I'm always interested in 
how people lie to themselves. Myself, mainly. Um, trying to figure out how I'm lying to myself, what am I telling myself that is incorrect, because we all create rea- a reality in our head of what the world is, of what our relationship is to the world, and who we are. Um, stages of enlightenment, I mean, the first few stages are just getting rid of that. Uh, the first stages of, uh, I, well, samadhi is always a vaster connection from the get-go. Um, but, so I, I've noticed that emotional attachments, it was so, when emotions and attachment are high, the higher those get, and when I say emotions, I mean passion, not compassion, uh, the higher those are, attachment and passion emotions, like hate or fear or, or, uh, you can say lust, but it boils down to certain things cause very passionate love in you. Not compassion necessarily, but passionate love or passionate hate. Now, when these emotions and then also your attachment to certain ideas and your idea of reality or certain things in what we perceive to be our reality, when that goes up, the burden of proof actually goes down. We actually need less and less proof as that, as those go up. Um, so we'll find that in the spiritual path and religion. Um, and now I, I think that logic and compassion are actually one in the same passion in the sense I'm talking about is separate. So you can prove God to yourself through logic and compassion. Um, I would say that for me, I think that passion holds us back because there's a lot of fear associated, well, not even associated. There's a lot of fear that passion brings and there's a lot of intense emotions that have, that are not clear, uh, that are just all about fervor. And that leads us further away from a clear mind and a clear experience of what it is to be on our spiritual path. Um, my early years was, was all about that fervor and anger and hatred and get a good taste of that uh it's never never a good taste i guess before i continue on let's go ahead and hear a word from our sponsor and we are back everyone so you know what i think a lot of the time oh great my cat now wants out of the room that i've closed so that it's extra quiet in here hold on and he'll be he'll be back in about five minutes all right so uh I think, well, also I've noticed in, in my podcast, I apologize if you hear rustling in the background. It's always me just fidgeting. <laughs> I don't always fidget, but if you hear rustling, that's that's the reason. Because uh, I'm usually sitting or I'm standing and walking and then you'll hear like the vo- the uh, the sound kind of changes because my voice is hitting different parts of the room. I apologize for that. Uh, it's something that I try to work on. So um, I realize that, or at least I think I realize that most people go their entire lives without really knowing themselves. I am constantly struggling to know myself, and I've made some progress, but... Because the hardest thing about knowing is that it can't really be described. It's something... True knowing is, is, is an experience. It can't, it can't be transmitted. People can tell you about it all they want. You can read thousands of books on it, but unless you really develop either your own techniques or just being able to have a clear vision of yourself, uh, 
you're not going to get close to knowing yourself. What does it even mean to know yourself? A lot of people is like, okay, well, I just got to reach enlightenment, or I just got to fulfill my commitment to God, or I just have to do enough good things and then have a good afterlife, or do enough good things so that I experience enough, but also leave the world the way I, I want it, I, I would want other people to leave it. Um, none of those things are bad, uh, but I th- I think that we often accumulate ideas about ourselves that we learn instead of experience once again. We we start to fabricate a story that only we can prove to ourselves and then we forget that we should prove it to ourselves that that you know how true is the story we tell ourselves and why do we believe that what we believe? Why do we do we hide from ourselves? And if we do, how can we be brave enough to not anymore? Um, I, I've, I've always been a person that doesn't like labels. I call myself Hindu. Sometimes I call myself universalist. Some kind, sometimes I call myself a, shaman, a shamanic practitioner. It's all those things. All those are synonyms, but, um, well, they can be. Uh, I, I just, I don't like labels because every time I pick a label, every time that I experiment with a label or experiment saying this is what I am, you know, I've, I've realized this for years, but then I, then I feel like it closes me off from being anything else. Like I've accepted that this is the contents page for my book that will be my life. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I don't like labeling myself and I'm not a huge fan of labeling other people, but it's much more uncomfortable for myself because I, I've, tr- I've been trying to understand myself and I think a lot of the sadness in the world and a lot of the depression, um, it's people realize not not really willing to realize that they need to realize who they are, who they, not even necessarily what they should be doing, outwardly, but who they are, in a complete and utter void, a complete and utter vacuum. Who are you without, not in relation to anything else? And like, oh well, I only define myself in relation to. My family, my friends, to God, to society, to my job. That, that's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you, if you are left in a vacuum where it is only you in that vacuum. Now, you don't have to, like, believe this or carry it to your grave, but take on the thought experiment. You in a vacuum and nothing else there. Who are you without anything else? Without everything else but yourself? Maybe even without your body or your clothes. What... Who are you in in a void where you are just the perception, just the consciousness? No, not even a body. You don't have to believe that and make that your reality, but who are you if you take on that thought experiment? And and maybe it should be a regular meditation to try to figure out, and when you truly figure out who you are, you might even start to realize that you have, you start to, your, your mission, your purpose becomes more and more clear as you start to realize your finer, your uh, more subtle qualities that are qualities of your particular consciousness. It's a scary step to make. It's not an easy one, and I've seen people fight even trying to f- think that way for a second <laughs> for a very long time. People, f- people f- fight looking at themselves because they say, well, but I mean, I have responsibilities. I, I'm... I do things for other people that become that are a big part of myself. That that's wonderful, but 
just try to imagine yourself without that, without your body, without anything but pure perception and consciousness. How does that feel? Can you bring yourself to that point? Is it scary? It should be scary at the beginning. Anybody who says that it isn't is probably lying or well on their path to enlightenment. Um, it be- It became less scary to me over time and I think that I started fearing death less once I started to realize my own subtle qualities and how fears are more external stories that we ironically take on in order to make sense of a world that seems senseless. We create things, we create relations to things through love and fear We create, we create these relationships to seek a definition to something that feels completely void. Without even really knowing it. Very few people are aware that they're doing it. I just... I just... I want to know myself. I want to not lie to myself. And I want to know where my flaws are where I have faith and where I don't have faith. And I actually am a very, well, let's put it this way. I think that my reasoning, my experiences, and how much I think I've realized um, warrants my faith, but who's to say that there's not a good deal of passion in there that makes me a bit illogical. I mean, I'm not observing myself from a third-person point of view. It's very hard to do so. So I could be completely wrong in everything that I think, um, but I'm open and okay with that. I think because I realized from seeing other people hide from differing ideas and trying to understand other things and falling back on what feels safe and comfortable, I, I've seen that so much in the world before I really started to define myself. When I was a kid, I just watched people and like really wonder why they did and what they said. Like, why did they, why did they say that? Well, why did they? It wasn't even in relation to me. Like, I just watched people communicate. Like, why did they say that? Why do they believe that? Started asking that, and I was, and uh, I think that prepared me for bigger steps later on. But I I always belabor the point that you don't somebody shouldn't tell you what your past should be. I mean, but really, a lot of the time, that somebody is 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 us. And we're not even just choosing to believe what somebody tells us, but actively writing that story into... I don't, I don't want to say too much and presume too much on this path because I don't want to belabor the points I've made before. Um, if I was going to encourage anything in a person, it would be to try to contemplate yourself... There's always, I believe, believe that there's a link between ourselves without anything. There's a link to that state of consciousness to every other consciousness. And if we can just understand ourselves more and more and more, that void we'll realize was full all along. At any rate, thank you very much for listening, and I hope all of you have a wonderful night.